fullback belly. Three tight ends, including Haydner. Kuhn is the fullback with the first and goal. Kuhn gets the ball. Pile Hey everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of the Fantasy Fullback Dive, brought to you by the good people at the Roto Street Journal. Paving your way, acting as your lead blocker to fantasy glory, fantasy excellence, fantasy championships, all your fantasies come true, and it all starts right here. It's the Thursday night preview, but it is also the week two preview. Let's face it, we're not as excited exactly for the Thursday night game that's coming up. Uh, You know, Cowboys, Bucks maybe outshines a tiny bit the Washington football team and the Giants. Just we, we still love football, and we're still here for you. And week two is a, a huge week in fantasy. Let's not even undersell it. I, of course, am your host, Nat the Truth Jones, with me as always, the Wolf of Roto Street himself. Wolf, how'd you do last week? How you doing? Uh, I didn't do great, but Darren Waller did pull a couple wins. That, it was looking like a d- awful like one-win week. He flipped it to about 500 on the week, which was awesome. Darren Waller, what an absolute man he was. That's why you know, that Monday Night Football is just so fun when you have something like that going for you. Nothing better than that feeling. So it ended up going from a week of like pure desperation and hideousness, couldn't even look in the mirror on Monday, to then being a day I could wake up on Tuesday and have just a shred of dignity, which was nice. But my main league, Aaron Rodgers, as anybody that watched the recap show Sunday right after Red Zone, saw Aaron Aaron Rodgers is a big fucking huge piece of shit like there's no way around it and if he doesn't get it done against Detroit this week I'm gonna lose my mind how did your games turn out truth well I had two one of which I cared about a lot and one of which I you know I'm over my head I don't know I played you in the dynasty league which I mean was just kind of like an afterthought I didn't even really pay I did beat you I mean that's not a precursor to how my season's gonna go I think I'm probably at like a two and twelve team uh, yeah. But it felt nice to get one over on you. So that was a win. And then I won big in the league I really care about. So there you good, go. good start to the season. That team's awesome. Um, Absolutely. I really think I could do something. I'm really excited. I mean, look, I, this is how much I care about fantasy and fantasy football. I'm going to I'm gonna watch Washington and the Giants. I'm going to wow. probably watch the whole game. <laughs> exactly. As gross as it is, like, we're going to watch. It's football, and it's on the TV, and we probably have someone somewhere playing or playing against us. Right. So. We got to break it down and we got to get into it. Right. All right. Well, let's get into it. We're going to start with some injuries uh, in our news roundup. We're just going to go back and forth here with some of the big headlines. And I'm going to get started. Uh, But before we do, Truth. Oh, wait, wait. Yeah. Go ahead. If you don't mind giving this a thumbs up, helping us get out to more people. And as always, any sit start questions you have, especially if they are for tonight, get them on in. We'll answer them all after the show. It'll be about 45 minutes of injuries of higher, lower, Hail Marys. Uh, and then we will get on in to your questions. So let us know what you got, what we can answer for you, and we will be sure to do it. So get those questions on in now, and let's get to those injuries. All right, and just before we start, our buddy Mitch Chavez, longtime uh, viewer and super fan, says mm-hmm. a heads up for you, no notifications went out that we are going to be up on YouTube or our Facebook or anything like that. So anyway, just letting you know. I wonder why that is. I was wondering. It didn't seem like there was that many people out here today, which sucks. But hopefully, we can get the crew out there. Mitch is here, and and Hillary, who we love. Yeah, (laughs) perfect. That's all we need. 
All right, we're going to get into it. Hopefully, uh, if most of the flock's not there, then they'll find us eventually. Injury news roundup. The Athletics' Dan Duggan reported and said it is, quote-unquote, unlikely the Giants will, again, quote-unquote, totally unleash Saquon Barkley against Washington in week two. Uh, Bad scene, right? And it's unlikely that I would unleash him anywhere in leagues if I had him. No way he could go in lineups yet. I'd much rather see him blow up on my bench and then be ready to use him in the future than to put him in here, watch another two-point dud. No, thank you. Have him on your bench, folks. Yeah, I agree. And then speaking about his backfield trio, Ronald Jones, Fournette, and Bernard. Bruce Arian says they're all starters. How fun is that? A carousel. Everyone gets a trophy. Everybody gets a trophy. Everybody's a winner. Nobody's a winner. If Ronald Jones did what he did last week and put up the stat line he put up last week, would you still call him a starter? No. (laughs) I mean, there was a there's a kid. We're in a league. A a bunch of my friends uh, from back home, and one of their we're old enough now. We're like two of them have kids in the league, and one of the guys' kids started the guy, and he had like negative point six fantasy points. Ugh, those aren't those aren't starting numbers. <laughs> no, but I mean that just tells you to stay away from the Bucks backfield, right? Yep, no need to touch that backfield. Stay far, far away. They're all the starters. They're none right. of the starters. Eric Ebron added to the Steelers injury report. He did not practice uh, recently. I don't consider this much of a story. I mean, you're probably not starting Ebron. No, you're not. But you might potentially at least stash Pat Fryer move to see how this guy does in his absence and potentially he could be catch a touchdown when they're both on there constant cheese nibbling of each other but if one is out you might be able to use him Will Fuller absent from Thursday's practice but shockingly it's not injury related it seems like it's a personal matter and he should still be looking forward to returning as he said and intriguing intriguing guy in a potential shootout you know the Bills will put up their points you could probably have Fuller back into your wide receiver three spot this week Josh Jacobs dealing with a toe injury and an ankle injury. He remained sidelines on Thursday. Josh Jacobs is just a guy who I don't think is very good at all. Like nope. I, 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 and, but he still probably won a bunch of people, their fantasy games last week. Yeah. 30 yards, but two touchdowns. Like you can't bank on that week to week. He was and those two little touchdowns came pretty late. It was looking like a three point dud. So ultimately, yeah, he got it done. You can't keep baking on that, and certainly not when he's healthy, and certainly not against the tight, uh, the uh, the freaking uh, Steelers this week. Horrible. Said, Put him on your bench. Like, th- no need to get into the Jacobs. You yeah. said you can't bank on that week to week, but I think the 30 yards is pretty bankable. Well, that, right. Pretty bankable there. Everything else, put him on the bench. Marquise Brown remains sidelined, and normally I would have just ignored this one and skipped over it, but 69 yards and a TD yeah. on, on Monday night. He looked pretty damn explosive. I think that would actually hurt some lineups, especially in this Chiefs shootout. They're going to need that firepower. So this one could go down to the wire. He plays Sunday night. Make sure you're tracking us. 11 a.m., that fantasy tailgate. And then post-game tailgate, we'll be able to talk about him as well. Uh, me and you, Truth, at 730. So keep your eyes peeled for Marquise Brown news. The Ra- the Ravens have promoted running back Devontae Freeman from the practice squad. Uh, or Offensive coordinator Greg Roman said Baltimore's backfield will continue to, quote-unquote, rotate guys in and out. Wow. Ravens coach John Harbaugh said the team has, quote unquote, four backs in the mix and will, quote unquote, play all those guys moving forward. Well, I've got I've got a quote unquote response to that. Fantastic. Yeah. (laughs) These go to the coaching staff, especially after Tyson Williams looked so damn good in that first half. The offense was clearly playing with more pop. He had a good receiving ability, saw the most targets of a running back ever under Lamar Jackson all in the first half. 
And then he just gets benched because he missed one pass blocking time. I get that. I get sending a message, but the fact that they won't give him another chance to earn that role would be sickening. I hope this is just coach speak. I hope they give it to him. He certainly deserves it. And last but not least, Cowboys DN Demarcus Lawrence is going to be out for six to eight weeks. Already a pathetic defense. Never mind the fact that Randy Gregory also doubtful for week two. The Chargers should face no type of pass rush against that improved offensive line. Herbert's going to have all day to carve up this team. The over-under went from 52 to 56, and that's because this defense already sucked. They're going to be even worse. Points, 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 points. Stack that game in DFS. It's going to be beautiful. Right, and your rankings for the Cowboys actually reflect that. We're going to get right into our higher, lower, Hail Mary. We're going to start with the quarterbacks. Uh, Like we said earlier, uh, if you're watching, give us a like. Uh, a heart, whatever you want to give us. We really appreciate it. Yeah, especially uh, after nobody got the notifications. We were live. If you can share out the YouTube link, get some people in here. We're used to last week. We had like 45 people. We had about 75 questions. That's what we're hoping for. I don't know why we got fucked today. I guess we got it up a little bit later, but we'd love to have you guys in here. We'd love to have more questions. So if you have fantasy groups or you know YouTube people, you can share this out to. We'd love to grow the audience, answer some more questions. Those of you that are here, though, we'll, we'll obviously be able to get to you. But let's continue to plow forward, Truth. All right, like you said, you're talking about the Cowboys' defense sucking, and uh, perhaps not coincidentally, Dak Prescott is the quarterback that you're higher on against the Chargers. You got him as your QB5. That is three spots above the experts. I got to say, I watched Dak's game last week against Tampa, as I know you did. He looked good, man. He did. There's a couple deep balls where the zip seemed to be missing, but ultimately 58 throws led the NFL, so there's no real reservation or hesitation letting this guy uncork it. I think they're going to have to unload it yet again against another great offense in the Chargers. Blow up game script. I absolutely love it. They played at the fastest pace, uh, second fastest pace, rather, and they threw it the most in neutral game scripts. That's the Kellen Moore special. I absolutely love it. I think Dak is going to need his points against the Chargers. I love Herbert, too. I just love that game. But give me Dak overall in that game. I, I don't know how he's not top five in everybody's QB list this week. I agree with you wholeheartedly. And it took me a week to be convinced, but I'm all in on him. Mm-hmm. Lower, you got Lamar mm-hmm. Jackson against KC as your quarterback nine. Four spots below the experts. I agree with you on that, too. Didn't love what I saw out of Lamar. I know it was only week one. Uh, you know, I I could see him. I mean, the experts have him at five. That seems pretty steep to me. Yeah, it seems very steep to me. I mean, the guy's probably going to lose his left tackle for this week who already wasn't good. So I, God forbid, whoever this backup is could be horrendous. He had an easy matchup against that that defense over there with the Raiders. Not hard at all, but he only finished as the QB 20 this week. But everybody continues to rank him because of that 2019 season. We haven't seen a good Lamar. Uh, we've seen an okay Lamar for two seasons, but he gets ranked as if he was still that elite Lamar. Sure, he should still be top, you know, top five or top ten rather because of that rushing upside. Still a good bet to find the end zone on the ground yep. every now and again. But QB twenty again last week. I don't know that we should expect drastically better results, despite this being a shootout narrative. The the Chiefs are more vulnerable on the ground for sure. You know, there's so many things. I'm just repeating a lot of the stuff you've said that is borne out as far as like not paying for a quarterback in an auction or not reaching for a quarterback. It's like Lamar is probably, I'm going to need to be convinced that he's like a top five fantasy quarterback right now. Uh, But that's really more of a result of there's so many great quarterbacks. Like I had Matthew Stafford, who I got for a buck in an auction he scored 33 points and he was like the 10th highest scoring quarterback in my league. Right. Like you can get, there's a lot of guys that generate points you, I mean, it seems nuts to reach for anybody, even Mahomes, uh, you know, at this point. 
100 percent hail mary jared goff at green bay liked what you saw at goff last week huh quarterback 27 spots above the experts I wouldn't necessarily say I liked so much what I saw from a real-life perspective. The guy still looked pretty damn shitty. <laughs> what I did like, 57 pass attempts because they were behind so bad. This defense looked equally as bad, if not more atrocious, than they were last year when they gave up the most positions to everything. But the Goff ultimately benefited from that. 30 fantasy points was the QB3 and just complete mop-up duty. Garbage time points still count. It kind of reminds me of like crap break Blake Bortles just a few seasons ago. I think it was 2017 where they would just get smoked. But in the fourth quarter, he ended up putting up like 20 fantasy points because they just kept chucking, chucking, and chucking some more. I think Green Bay, if they have any type of spine, if Aaron Rodgers has any type of sack, they will put up their points against this awful Lions defense. And that means Goff is going to have to chase Against a team that just gave up five touchdowns to Jameis Winston, don't be shocked if Goff puts up three to five of his own. I, I can see Goff just being a nice like streamer almost every week because of this script. Uh, I don't know, man. Last <laughs> attempts. I mean, if anybody who's chucking it fifty-seven times is going to have some type of value. That's true. That's true. That's about what Dak chucked it last week. We'll see. What? Uh, He's the second in the league, league in pass attempts, and I don't see that defense improving anytime. Yeah, but to me, I mean, but okay. So look, he's not Dak, and I'm about to compare myself to an NFL quarterback. So I'm just that's stuff. I'm let's just put that out there right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you put me behind an NFL offensive line and threw me in there and said, "All right, Truth, we're going to give you 58 pass attempts," it still probably wouldn't go very well. Even fantasy wise, no. I'm, but Jared Goff is an NFL quarterback that has it. Yeah, I mean uh, he is barely, but yeah. All right, we'll see what happens. Stash and see Taylor Heineke tonight, uh, rushing and throwing upside on both uh, both of those. I agree. Yeah, it's, and that's more so for two QB leagues. But I, I kind of want to see what the guy does. He's one percent owned, super flex leagues. He could be a guy you plug and play. Last time we saw him play a full game, he threw for over three hundred yards in a TD. He ran for forty six in another TD. That was against a ferocious Bucks defense in a playoff game. That's pretty impressive. The guy could end up carving out some nice QB two value with these weapons. I'm excited to see what he looks like. It's one of the very few storylines I'm actually looking forward to tonight. Is how's this Taylor Heineke guy look? Very intrigued to see what he does. And if he sucks tonight, then you can just drop him ahead of the weekend and pick up another stash and see. Also, we are getting loads of comments right now. So Here we go. The people are, are coming back. We're getting the people. <laughs> if you in. build it, they will game. come. We I love it. it. I love it. We were slow and steady here, but our, our pack has found us. Even without the alerts, the pack knows. They can smell the wolf is live. It's not a great smell, but they know it. Right, but it's a very distinct musk. Distinct. Right. <laughs> yeah. Must word. must watch. Will the red rifle crumble and open the door mm -hmm. for Justin Fields? I agree with that. I'm interested to see if that'll happen. I'm going to say something that sounds kind of weird right now. I didn't think Andy Dalton looked that terrible in week oh. one. I just thought they never had a chance. Because he looked terrible. What what about his game didn't look terrible? I thought he was just under absolute constant pressure. I, I never look. I didn't think I wasn't like, hey, I want that guy as my quarterback. I more like felt sorry for him. I was just like, dude, that guy never. He couldn't do anything. No, and you never will do anything, and that's why they need Justin Fields. I agree with you. I completely agree with you. I just think you know he's not a mobile quarterback. He wasn't really getting any protection at all. No one was open. The Rams' defense is great. I was just like, this guy's going to get killed all game. And that's why that's part of why that's on here is Cincinnati is not a great defense. They got some pressure on Kirk Cousins throughout the game, but Rifle should have if he's got any decency. He has the defense to do it against. He's got the revenge game narrative for sure working in his his favor. 
And this is me saying, I don't think any of that matters. I think this week, especially, you won't have any excuses for your love for the Red Rifle Handy Dog. I don't have any love for Randy. Favorite for quarterback. The Red Rifle. <laughs> your love for Peyton Barber. Uh, you're like you're the only person in America hoping he staves off Justin Fields at this point. This is all about this is Justin just Fields. absolute defamation. <laughs> this is false. All I said is the guy never had a chance, and now all of a sudden it's like you know I'm having him over it. for Sunday dinner. You have a Dalton jersey somewhere back there, but no, this is this is all about Justin Fields. I could give two shits about Andy Dalton and his revenge game. Although it would be kind of fun to watch this guy uncork five touchdowns against his old team. But with that being said, I don't want that to happen because I want Justin Fields on the field. This guy is a dynamic yeah. playmaker. I cannot wait to see what this offense looks like, what Allen Robinson can do, all Cole Komet, all these great weapons. So excited to see if Red Rifle can just suck one more time against a bad defense. That way we get the Justin Fields era upon us. I think he can do it. I think he can do it. I think he can pull off sucking really, really bad. <laughs> all right, we're going to get into running backs, so change the banner. Oh, yeah. um, now you're higher on, and I love seeing that you're higher on both these guys because I have both of them. Chris Carson against Tennessee. You got him as your RB10, three spots higher than the experts. James White at the Jets, RB30. That's six spots above the experts. Uh, you've got him. It says above Gibson, Zeke, and Montgomery. Uh, is that for James White? That can't be. No, God no. I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> no, oh, it's yeah. under Carson's name for a reason. And that's what makes us bold. I was kind of getting at the fact that, yeah, if you have Carson, you don't really need me pushing you to start him. You're probably playing him anyways. But I wanted to emphasize just how high I am on this guy, particularly for DFS lineups and things of that nature. Tennessee, god awful. We saw that quite clearly yes, uh, last Sunday. And Carson had all but two touches from this backfield. And then Penny got hurt. There's nobody else there. He's going to see at least 20 to 25 carries against one of the worst rundies in the entire NFL. I think this is the week. We saw everything we wanted to last week. Workhorse usage, moving all over the formation in the passing game, used creatively. Loved what Shane Waldron's play-action-based attack looked like. We just didn't get the touchdowns for Chris Carson, and we got a fumble. I think both of those things flip. He doesn't fumble this week. He scores twice. You get 22 to 25 fantasy points out of this guy, and that's why I'd put him in there above Gibson, Zeke, and Montgomery, who he's below in most ranking sets. James White, I, I he's going to kind of go and coincide with my lower. I think James White's the only running back these guys might trust this week because we saw a fumble from Harris very late. Horrible, costly fumble. We saw Ramondre Steven earlier get put in the doghouse right away and never reemerge. They might just say, this happens quite often with the Pats. Two guys fumble. James White comes in and they just say, let's give this guy, our sure, most sure-handed guy, the full workload. And it's coming against the Jets. We saw, even if they don't, even if they just keep him in that receiving role, as you said, Christian McCaffrey. Now, of course, it's Christian McCaffrey. It's not, we're not going to compare James White to Christian McCaffrey, but he did have. We just compared me to like uh, Andy Dalton or or, uh, Jared Goff a minute ago. There you go. True. I guess, I guess this is the the second worst stretch of the uh, the show here, but it's more so the role, the Jets, the way they play it. And this kind of is typical of those salad defenses. They let you get stuff underneath. That's why McCaffrey was running so wide open. I think White could have that five to eight catch upside, maybe find the end zone. And if they make him the workhorse because these other guys fumbled, well, then the upside's even further. So I like White to find the end zone to catch four to five balls. I think he's a great flex play. I'm actually putting him in my flex. As of right now, I might change this. I actually want to know your thoughts, Truth. Uh, I'm putting him in right now over Javante Williams. I agree with that call over Javante Williams. But if you could just go in the – you know, little time machine back, you know, less than a week. I've been banging the drum for James White, you know, from the beginning. I yeah, I, I love yeah. this guy's potential because the New England backfields in general, hard to trust. I like Harris a lot as a runner. I just trust White more, you know, consistently exactly. in fantasy. I really do. And that's reflected in your lower rankings. Like you said, as we go to yeah. lower, 
Damian Harris, you've got uh, against the Jets, you got him as your RB25. That's eight spots below the experts. Pretty similar to White's rankings, uh, you know, although the experts have them quite a bit spread out. Also, you're down on James Robinson against Denver, RB35, eight spots down below where the experts rank him. I also agree with that. Yeah, I mean, Harris won, as we mentioned, the fumble. Mike Reese, one of the best beat writers in the game, came out and said, very real, we could see a reduction in his role this week and just moving forward. He also struggled. They, they tried to make him a workhorse. They tried to give him 20-plus carries, and he was gassed by the end of the game. That's kind of what they're blaming the fumble on is the fact that this guy was too tired. I think both of those things are going to land him right into the doghouse. I could see, again, James White outproducing and outcarrying him this week. Maybe, just maybe, and the risk of this is the Jets suck. They're going to get up big early. Like They're not going to be able to stop the run at all. So if they do forgive Harris quickly and just give him the rock, well, then I might look like a moron. He might blow this ranking out of the water. But that's a big risk, in my opinion. I do not want to bank on that. The last time this happened was Stephen Ridley, and they all, they, they made him a healthy scratch. I don't think it's going to happen with oh, Damian God. Harris, but it still is nerve-wracking. I do not want to trust him. And then James Robinson, it seems obvious, but I'm getting a ton of sit starts. Like, do I trust Robinson this week? And my answer is a clear cut. No, no, no. no. Why would you? He played behind Carlos Hyde. He saw what? Seven, eight touches. They, an awful offense. Urban Meyer is just a joke. What a pathetic team that is. Here's what I love. Urban Meyer, who I hate and who I wish nothing but bad things upon. (laughs) I love how after one week, in the NFL, after everyone's blowing all this smoke up his ass, which I love that now the stories on the ticker on ESPN are like Urban Meyer vehemently denying that he's going to leave to coach USC. This is yeah. after one week one of week. his NFL career getting okay. embarrassed by the Texans. Uh, it's it's not taken. It's it's a quick, you know, time span that it didn't take long for him to be exposed as a fucking jackass. Exactly, and that, and again, it, that's part of why you should hate. Pretty much every Jaguar, but especially James Robinson. He got especially Urban Meyer. By Carl- yeah, exactly. Carlos Hyde outproduced this guy. I don't know why, how this happened, what happened here, but he never saw lower than 75% of the team's carry share last year. He saw like 40%, below 40% this last week. It's terrifying. It's frightening. He's looking like he's going to be one of the biggest busts of the year, and maybe he has a huge rebound effort. I certainly won't be there to find out, especially against a good Denver Rundy. If a Denver yeah. Rundy has held Saquon Barkley to 2.3 points, what do you think they're going to do against the shitty-ass Jags backfield? Like, no, hey, don't trust him. Don't trust him. Just a little thing here. I don't know how much of that Giants-Denver game you saw, but my boy Vaughn Miller looked pretty scary at times. He, he's a beast. He's a fucking monster. <laughs> he's had, like, going to be a, a like top three fantasy defense all year. Yep, I agree. They're, they're beastly. They Hail beastly. Mary. Here's a guy who's come full circle from when, yeah. we were, when we were working together, and I believe I drafted him in the third round uh, as wide receiver, and you were pissed because you wanted him. Yep. <laughs> now Cordero Patterson, 11% owned, is our Hail Mary who plays a little running back for the Bears. Yeah, and you, I just to play a little. Oh wait, is it the game. Bears or is it the Falcons? Who is? No, it? he's on the Falcons now. Okay, and to, right. to play to play the nostalgia game here. I remember that year, week one, he had a 99 yard touchdown, like the second play from scrimmage, and everybody was throwing me the kitchen sink. How do I get Corderell Patterson in any leagues that I had him? And I had him pretty much all the leagues except the one you quote unquote stole him from me. He didn't do anything the rest of the year, like legitimately zero. I think so he, had like, I, he had like two touchdowns, and they and were like three-yard slants. It, it was awful. And it's clear that he's hurt a lot of people because of this, myself included, because I tweeted about him this week, and there's a few stats I want to just run through here real quick for anyone that missed that tweet. 
He currently leads the Falcons in rushing. He only had seven carries compared to 15 for Mike Davis. He had four runs of 10 or more yards. That's the most in the NFL right now. He did that on only seven carries. Now, okay. I'm not saying this is going to okay. happen each and every week, but he looks like he looked really good. If you watch the tape back, it wasn't like only draws and he was getting lucky on some broken tackle. Like he I mean, hit that hole. Better he's than a playmaker. Davis. He just can't run roots. So, I mean, maybe this is it. And he ended up catching two balls for 13 yards too. So, like, you never know. This is the first team. I know he's seen backfield work with the Pats, with the Bears, but they also had him moving all over the place, learning all these different positions. The Falcons have already said he is a running back. That's the only position he's going to. And it looked like that type of, like, just vision is getting better and better and better. And I don't rule it out. Like, given how bad they look, that's kind of the argument everyone keeps making is, well, one, Cordell Patterson sucks, which he pretty much has. I, mean, okay. yeah. I, I get that. He has been pretty bad. But what does that make Mike Davis, who averaged 3.3 yards per carry and looked like a complete slug? And then, two, the Falcons suck. Okay, I get that argument as well. They look probably like the worst team in the uh, NFL. We're going to have to talk about that. Yeah. We will. And there's a lot of lowers on here because of that. But that could pan out in Cordell Patterson's favor. Like, what do they have to lose from just giving this guy a, a potential workload he had nine points last week. I'm very intrigued. Even if you don't want to use a Hail Mary on him, he's only 11% rostered right now. I want to see what this guy does moving forward. Again, the leading rusher on this team, the leader, leader in 10-plus yard runs in the NFL when he only had seven carries, that's worth stashing to me. That's worth finding out, and it's worth a start if you are completely desperate at the position right now. Well, here speaking of stash and sees, uh, you got – J.J. Taylor, 1% owned, and I'm going to ask the same question that a lot of guys out there are probably asking, which is, who the fuck is J.J. Taylor? <laughs> and this kind of goes the, – the whole running back position is revolved around my Patriots, it seems. He's a Deion Lewis clone. He looked unbelievable throughout the whole preseason. I watched every single game, and this guy was dynamite. He was a healthy scratch last week, but with Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson potentially in the doghouse – if they roll out James White and J.J. Taylor, I wouldn't be shocked at all. I don't think they're going to announce it. I, don't God, think I hope it happens so much. It very well could. And if they do, if he becomes that just guy this week, the way he looked this preseason and he's facing the Jets, I wouldn't be shocked to see this guy go like 80 to 90 yards in a TD if he ends up being the guy. So that's somebody if you have very deep benches. I mean, you have to have like 15 people benches to end up wanting to stash J.J. Taylor. But if you have nothing left, you, you just want to stash somebody, I would definitely give this guy a stab, particularly if as we get it towards – this is kind of like being preemptive right now. This would be also a, a smash play if rumors emerge that Damian Harris is clearly in the doghouse and J.J. Taylor might be getting some extended run. If you see something like that pop up on Saturday, he is talented. I'm telling you right now, you want to go smash that because if he blows up that's, – that's exactly why Deion Lewis became a thing. They, they some Stephen Ridley hit the doghouse – and nobody even knew who Deion Lewis was, but he got an extended workload, and then he became like the number seven running back in fantasy that year. Yeah, you remember that? Deion I, Lewis I, I, I do remember that. Like I that did. could happen. That could happen with JJ Taylor. I, it could. It probably this won't, is, but it could. <laughs> this is like uh, superheroes. You're you're breaking down like the origin story of yeah. various guys. You want to hear the origin story of Deion Lewis? Well, here you go, kids. Here it is. <laughs> Once upon go. a time, yeah. Stephen Ridley was being a um, bitch. So yeah. they. <laughs> Anyway, all right, must watch. Can Derrick Henry, Aaron Jones, and Najee Harris rebound after brutal week ones? Yeah, I'm genuinely interested in all of those things. What do you think about all three of them? I mean, my, I really like Najee to rebound, I have to say. Uh, but uh, 
I don't know. We we loved his workload and stuff, but remember we said we didn't really think he popped or anything. And that's and that's where I exactly on the I kept I watched it back and was like, am I missing something? And honestly, no. Like he did no, not look we were right. We were right. He didn't look anything special. His workload did, as we said, 100 percent of the snaps, 100 percent of the touches. And that might be all that matters because mediocre backs on big volume have been top five fantasy guys. I do think it turns around for all three of these, particularly Aaron Jones against Detroit this week. If it doesn't, and that, this kind of goes out for all Packers. I have them like scattered throughout the must-watch list. If yeah. Rodgers, if Aaron Jones, if Devontae Adams, if Tunyon, for God's sake, if these guys can't rebound against the Lions, then you smash the panic button. We said we were like a, a four, if I'm not yep. mistaken. Like we're not panicking. It was one crap game. But if Rodgers is that crappy that he can't get it done against the Lions, then it's a 10. Like this is a week to smash the panic wow. button. If it does, like if you get the lines, you're not going to get done against anybody. So this is okay. a big one. This is a big one for them. And I think Henry rebounds. But again, like we said this in the preseason, there's one thing that could fuck this Titans team offense up. It's Todd Downing. It's an awful play caller who fucked up a beautiful system in Oakland. And it looks like he might be dismantling a beautiful Titan situation. So I'm really nervous. Like I, I am, as you said about him on Sunday. I'm getting ready to hit that panic button if he has another bad week, for sure. What a job that would be to have in the NFL. Like, you're just a, a professional. You kind of headhunters look at, uh, try to get you to just go dismantle really good, efficient offensive systems. Right. Hey, hey, is this cool. is a pretty good offensive system. I want you to take this oh, apart in, inside of a year. I'm like, yeah, done. Exactly. Hey, done. Don't worry. Taught down and cure for the $2 million, job. and I will, <laughs> I will destroy your offense. Exactly. And then I will go on to I'll another team, for life. and I will destroy their offense as well. Will, I'm yeah. the best. Exactly. They right. paid top top one percent salary in the country to ruin a Derrick Henry, and Julio Jones, AJ Brown, and efficient Tannehill offense. What an absolute joke! And by Go the ahead. best, I mean the worst. Yes. All right. Absolutely. Wide ahead. receivers higher, and I love this too because I got him. Antonio Brown facing the Falcons. Wide receiver nineteen, four spots above the experts. Uh, I'm honestly surprised you and the experts aren't a little bit higher on him, even than that. Jamar Chase at the Bears. Wide receiver 21, five spots above the experts. Man, he looked pretty good uh, in his game, that's for sure. Oh, Marquez yeah. Callaway, this should be interesting. Um, going up, is that Carolina they're going up against? Uh, um, yep. It says CR. I didn't know what that was. Um, yeah. Six spots above the experts. Love Callaway. Got him on my bench. Didn't love what he did last week. Uh, I'm pulling for all three of these guys. Absolutely. Antonio Brown, quite easy to love after what we saw. He runs the routes that Brady loves the most. He gets the most separation of these guys. The rub routes, it can go deep. I mean, he might end up going down as the most valuable wide receiver on the Bucs. And we mentioned that as a possibility last week. He was last week. He did only play 60-something percent of the snaps, but guess what? Against the Falcons, he's not going to need more than 60% of the snaps, and his role might continue to evolve. So I love A.B., love what he does, love his role with Brady. And he did look – so often we hear this hype that doesn't pan out. He did look like he was the A.B. of old. Like he genuinely was separating yeah. that insanely. Love what I saw from Jamar Chase as well. I think he maybe 21 might be too low for this guy. He looked every bit the alpha he was in college. Him and Burrow still had that rapport. If you bought that dip during all the drops and all the can't separate, like the can't separate hype is the best because how many times was he just running wide open <laughs> on Sunday? He is insane. This is against a Chicago defense that got murdered by Stafford, as you saw firsthand. He's going to have no problem roasting anybody on that defense. I think he's going to smash it. I can't believe he's not closer to the top 20 by every expert. He is the alpha. That as That's how he should be ranked. I think I should be higher right now the more I talk about him. But I did want to throw in Callaway too because those two guys, like 
If you have them, there's a 90% chance they're in your lineup unless you are dead stacked at wide receiver. Callaway is one of those ones people might be more on the fence for. And I'm here saying last week I was lower. I said bench him. Even at 3,400 on DraftKings, I was fading him everywhere. That's Jair Alexander. He was shutting down everybody he faced way better than Marquez Callaway. You know, Alan Roberts, number ones all over the place would do nothing against him. I'm not surprised Callaway got shut down. They didn't even look at him. That's probably the game plan specific by Sean Payton. I think this is the week we see that that Marquez Callaway we saw in the preseason, the two touchdowns and 150 yards in the first half. Wouldn't be shocked if he does that over the course of this game. He is explosive. He was the clear number one throughout camp. I think a lot of people overreacting to one bad week, not recognizing just how elite Jair Alexander was. He, he might have even been running open a few times. I think they legitimately said, don't even bother. You're the decoy this week. And clearly it worked out for him. So they didn't have to look at him at all. I think that changes this week in a big way. And Callaway blows up. Something about AB all the more impressive. And this seemed impressive to me during the draft too. For instance, in my auction, Mike Evans went for 28 bucks. Chris Godwin went for 21 bucks. I got AB for four bucks. Oh, I love it. And I right. and you, it, that's just like insane. But yeah, that's awesome. Well, I mean, it it just seemed like it's like, God, even if AB is the third best, which I don't think he is, that's crazy. That's just yeah. an absolute steal. A good AB story for you, real, real quick is last Thursday night, I had Evans and I was facing AB. AB was already slapping me around. I think he already had like 15 points in the first quarter. It's like, fuck, I need to change the juju. So I drove over to Alex's house, my brother. I am in the car and you just hear, as I pulled up to his house, I pull in and you just hear, oh, he's wide open. Oh my God, a 40 yard bomb. And it connects. And I'm like, yes, this is Mike Evans. Finally, I am right. It was AB. It was AB. Antonio Brown. And I just literally was like, I'm, I'm dead. I'm already dead. And I, and I was dead. I didn't win that week. But he, he's damn good. that just reminds you of how – like that throw from Brady too was unbelievable. It's, I mean, it's beautiful. You would agree that maybe four years ago he was the best wide receiver in the NFL, right? Yeah. Oh, he was. And, and he doesn't look that far off from that receiver right now. Right. All right. Let's go to lowers. This one breaks my heart because this was the receiver I spent the most money on, Calvin Ridley. I got him for like 34 bucks, which you agreed was, 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 was a steal. And yeah. – and, uh, you got him going against Tampa, wide receiver 13, six below the experts. Also, you have Chase Claypool, a little lower uh, than the X, ex- actually a lot lower than the experts playing the Raiders. You got him as your wide receiver 35, eight below the experts, and then DJ Moore again. Um, the Falcons, <laughs> good God, they suck. Yep, and that's all this is. It's not Calvin. Is Ridley going to suck all year? I, mean, I don't I, think you so. Know, do, did I spend 34 bucks on, like, the wide receiver 20? No, I think he's going to get it okay. I just don't know that it's going to happen this week because Tampa Bay has a pretty good defense. Yeah, I, I, I don't actually. I need to follow up on did that corner that got hurt from them last week? Is he still hurt? Because if so, we saw like they were playing pretty good defense, pretty good coverage, and then when that guy got hurt, I forget it was a bunting, maybe I, whatever. The, the coverage shifted and they they couldn't stop anybody other than um, the number ones over there. So I. Calvin Ridley could blow up. It's just I, Matt Ryan looked horrible. This offense looked horrible. What I don't get, and, and you texted me, maybe you jinxed him at the beginning. That first drive, it was like five targets. He's wide open, no huddle. They pound it down the field. And you're like, this Arthur Smith offense, right from the Titans, right into this Falcons, injected into my veins. I'm loving it. That and was like 90% it. of his production for the entire game, though. It, Awful, right? After that, he, I think you texted me, Ridley is a vacuum or something. He was. They were throwing him everything, and he was catching everything. I was just like, man, I just, this was the most savvy investment I made all season. Right? And, then and after so that, that could happen. I mean, if any smart coach looks at the tape and sees that first drive, they should probably go to that well quite often. 
I just don't know what's good, what to think of this. I think Matt Ryan looked shitty. I think the line looked even worse. I think Tampa Bay has a very good defense. I don't, I don't know that this team scores more than 12 points this week, and that makes me nervous for Ridley and really everybody on this offense. I'm hoping Arthur Smith surprises us because I, I do believe in the guy, but I also don't know what happened against a mediocre Philly defense. Like, I think Tampa Bay is a lot better of a defense, so I'm worried. I'm worried. Didn't Kyle Pitts look small to you? He played kind of small, but I mean, he, he didn't look as big as I like had him built Calvin up in Jones. my mind. Right, right. He right. just he just kind of looked like a guy. He did look kind of like a guy. I mean, in terms of the other guys, Claypool, I just think the Steelers team, now that Najee's there, we saw them really try to establish that balance. That's what we were worried about for these three receivers. To me, it's really only Deontay Johnson week to week that I'm gonna trust. Yeah, Claypool will have his huge touchdown days. He had a nice 25-yard rush, like cool. And I think the Raiders obviously are a burnable defense down deep, but I don't want to trust this guy week to week. I don't really trust him. I don't trust Juju. They both finished outside the top 50 wide receivers last week. It's it's nerve-wracking. I I think Najee Harris, they led the league in pass attempts last year. I think, as we said, what we we thought was going to happen is it's going to be a lot more balanced to this offense, and it's exactly how it played out. So Claypool and Juju are on notice at this point. I don't want to have either of them in my lineup. And then DJ Moore. It's too easy, so I don't want to do it every single week. And he'll prove me wrong three times. Jumping on DJ Moore, Wolf. I it's just too easy, and he'll prove me wrong. And maybe it will be as early as this week, three times this year. But I will put him on the lower list every single week this year, and I'll be right twelve out of sixteen times. Like that. That's how it goes with DJ Moore. I like those odds. It's exactly, and I'll play him if I have him most likely. But Terrace Marshall is going to make him even that much more inconsistent. Last week was proof of that. Hail Marys, you got KJ Hamler, 6% owned at Jacksonville, 13 spots above the experts. You think he's going to go deep and he can swing weeks, boomer bust guy. Uh, you've got him ahead of Mooney, Aguilar, and Pittman. You also like Cedric Wilson at the Chargers, 19 spots above the experts. Yeah, Hamler, let's start with him. 99th percentile, 44-3-2 speed. Caught you know, a 50-yard bomb. Should have had a 50-yard bomb, rather, last week. He dropped it, so I guess that's the risk. Is like, <laughs> those that's hands. why he's a Hail Mary and not that's a That's why he's a Hail Mary. But we saw in the preseason, you know, on three catches, had 120 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, the guy is explosive as all hell. Judy is hurt, and they've now claimed he's going to be a starter alongside Tim Patrick and alongside Cortland Sutton. This guy is an absolute lid lifter. He's facing a Jacksonville defense that got destroyed deep by Brandon Cooks routinely. I think Hamler's going to smash. Like I I would love owning him and putting him in my lineup. I think I'm even low being 13 spots higher than the East TR on this guy. And at 6% owned, we're going to all be scrambling to get him on the waiver wire if he's not gone already. He's gone in all my leagues, sadly. I absolutely love KJ Hamler as a player, and I especially love him this week against an abysmal Jacksonville secondary. And then Cedric Wilson, it's just more so a bet on Dak as my QB higher and a game that's going to be a shootout. They've already said, if there's no question, he's the third receiver. He's going to play the Michael Gallup role. He's going to run every single route Michael Gallup runs. So if you liked what Gallup did, yeah, Gallup's more talented than Cedric Wilson. But every time he's been called upon, Wilson has impressed as well. So I think against the Chargers in a shootout game at 1% owned, if you're desperate for a flex plug-in and Hamler's gone, I think Wilson could have a nice day too. So I really like both of those guys. Stash and C, Gabriel Davis, 7% owned. And also Van Jefferson, 6% owned. He was the recipient of that first Matthew Stafford long bomb touchdown. Stafford looked great. I know I mentioned him earlier. Uh, When I saw that he threw like a 70-yard touchdown to start, I was like, ooh, was it Cup? Was it Woods? Maybe Higby on like a uh, whatever, like wheel route that nobody saw coming. Nope, Van Jefferson. Yeah, 
And and this is more so a bet on like not a bet, but if anything happens to a receiver in front of either of these guys, you're suddenly ascending to a top three wide receiver role in a pass, you know, obsessed attack with a great quarterback. Either one of these guys would be a weekly top 30 receiver if that happens. So why not stash him and see what happens? I'm not wishing injury upon anybody, but it does happen. Like Van Jefferson might be the most valuable wide receiver handcuff in the league. And they both might also have benefits. And we saw Jefferson get deep. We saw Davis get deep for a touchdown. They both scored. So I think they're both worth rostering because they, they bring some upside as is. And if anything ever happened to the guy in front of them, there's not very rarely you find like a wide receiver handcuff and certainly a wide receiver handcuff with benefits. Both of these guys fit that bill. So both of those guys, if, you know, I'd, I'd ask Correll Patterson ahead of either of them because I'm just very intrigued to see what he does. But I also think if you have some roster space, both of these guys make sense to stash. Let me ask you a question. How big is your bench in most of your leagues? Because, man, you come up with guys that we should stash, and I want to, but my bench is packed, dude. Yeah. Like, like I, I think I have six spots, I think. Is that I think I have six is? plus in IR. So in, in most yeah, we have IR also. Yeah, I, I'm not owning most of these guys. Like I, I, there. These are just again for the very deep rosters. I have a few teams that like have like eight to ten, like you know, really deep style rosters. That's where it's you know more so these guys are coming into play. But there are some leagues where you just have trash or you have injuries and you need to cut somebody. It's worth seeing. I guess and stash and see this early in the year often means like put them on your watch list because right. as you say, like these aren't guys that are going to need to be rostered quite yet. But you know how it goes as the season goes. There's going to be injuries. You're getting me all excited. Right. You get me all excited. You're like, everybody should own KJ Hamler. I wish I owned KJ Hamler. And I'm like, well, shit, I want to own KJ Hamler now. The Wolves convinced me I want him. And then I look at my roster and I'm like, well, I can't drop Mike Williams. No. I can't. (laughs) I don't want to drop Trey Lance. So, no, and you got to keep Trey Lance ahead of him. Right. Right. So, I mean, then I'm just like, shit, I'm missing out on the fun. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, I think Hamler is going to be real fun for whatever it's worth. So I think he is him. too. Like I said, yeah. you're a great salesman. Uh, <laughs> must watch Broncos. The target share without Judy is Sutton and Alpha. I'm going to say yes. I think he is too. He has been in the past. He didn't fit the bill last week, but he had James Bradbury, one of the best shadow corners. One of the reasons I'm a little bit nervous about Terry McLaurin tonight, all over him, all game. He's going to need to be an alpha for this team, but I also want to see how does Tim Patrick look? Very reliable last year, more 100 yard games than Judy. And how does as we already talked about, KJ Hamler, is he going to see a little bump in higher percentage looks in addition to stretching the field? I just want to see what this looks like. I also have you know Noah Fant as a must-watch later in, in the tight end one. I just anytime an alpha like Jerry Judy, who looked like he was definitely you know, seven he looked like an alpha. targets in the first half, like he was going to be an absolute monster. I, I hope he comes back healthy in a, a few weeks here. And I think it's they're saying six weeks is the most likely outcome. But that being said, for these next six weeks. Who's it going to be? How's it going to look? That kind of becomes the de facto number one storyline, number one must-watch anytime a big alpha like that goes down. All right, let's move on to tight ends. Guy you're higher on, and a guy we were talking before the oh, pod yeah. even started. A guy, this is a guy that, you know, of all the people in the NFL, we think there was maybe one guy the, that the Wolf whiffed on. Like, yeah. I don't think he whiffed on anybody else. I think he, the guys that blew up so far, he had shares in. He was saying good stuff about – this guy, he didn't have anything really nice to say about. And I, I'm not calling him out because I didn't really either. Brock, yeah. the guy that everybody thinks is on this show with you right now, <laughs> uh, going against Atlanta. You got him as your tight end five, four spots above the experts. Think about that. Even the experts have him at nine at this point. Like, you know, what was he, like your tight end 20 or something at the beginning of the year? 
Quite in 19. You're very close. Yeah. Okay. I, I had nothing. I, I have no investment in him. And I, I don't blame myself necessarily because th- last year's Gronk is not this year's Gronk. He was laboring around last year. He sure, still had some little red zone chemistry and a couple pop-ups here and there. Gronk this week, like or last week rather, he looked like the Gronk of old. He was making one-handed catches. He was bursting up the seams. He was running with a gear that we didn't see last year. Running with a gear as a Patriots fan, I know all too well. He was catching balls in traffic. He was going down the like Brady just. It, it was literally as a Patriots fan just watching this guy as if it was Brady to Gronk five years ago. It looked unbelievable. Well, remember we saw in the Super Bowl too. Yeah. Yeah, but like even then, it this was, was so, different. I admit, week this one was, was different. Like this was like a dominant performance. This of. this was Gronk of old, and honestly, it didn't look like it was unsustainable. It, he played, and the difference was last year was kind of in a rotation. How old even is he? Like thirty? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I don't know exactly. He's not like an old. He's like your age. He's not. He's old. like 30, 32 or something of that nature. Yeah. Um, but the, the thing with it too, in addition to like just looking way better, the the coaching staff clearly <laughs> thinks the same because he was about a half and half. Snap player Cameron Brait working in things of that nature. He he played I think it was seventy five to eighty percent of the snaps this last week. And yes, you know compared to the old Patriots, like yes, they both looked like that Patriots of old. He has far more targets to contend with. He used to be the number one. He might be number three, four on the target totem pole at this point. But even still, I, I think Brady's going to go for records this year. I think Brady. It just looked like an offense that's going to be insane. Uh, and it's, and when you give Brady eighteen games, like. You know he knows it's like one of his swan songs. This is the best weapons core he's probably ever had. I wouldn't be shocked to see Brady go for like 5,500. Like it, it was insane. And, and Gronk's going to be a huge part of that. He faces Atlanta. Like what, what else needs to be said? I don't know how the experts don't have this guy in their top five. It makes it's no sense. It's really hard for me to full on pull for Tom Brady and the Bucks, And yet at the same time, like I can't look away. Like I, I want to watch it, and I'm secretly just hoping that they're scoring like video game points all the time. And the, even though I've pulled against this guy my entire career, and I'm just like, ooh, I hope he throws an 80 yard touchdown. I'm like, what am I thinking? Why do I? Why do I want that? But I kind of <laughs> do. I think you're not alone there. I think Tom Brady, like the Bucks, Tom Brady is a lot more root root worthy for like the more common fans because there just was such a annoying dynasty by the Patriots for so long for everybody other than myself. Uh, so yeah, I, I get what you're saying there. Oh, we got 51 questions. We got to get to that mailbag. All right, all right. Lower, Mark Andrews versus Casey. You got him as your tight end eight. That's three spots below the experts. Yeah. He, my my buddy, Joe Ballway, a good fantasy mind, texted me after the, the Monday night game. I had Waller. He had Andrews with a 20-point lead. I think I had to pull that one out. And he just goes, is Mark Andrews this year Zach Ertz? Like, remember there was just that, like, Zach Ertz was so dominant. and Yeah, so- I remember it because it's the year that I made fun of you guys. <laughs> I have made fun of Jimbo Slice and you guys for being up his ass for, like, four years. And then finally I was like, you know what? I'm yep. tired of looking like an idiot. I'm going to draft Zach Ertz. And then I looked like twice the idiot I looked like before because he sucked ass. Yes, I yep. remember it. Exactly. Uh, it, that's how it goes with all these types of players. And he's certainly not that the age Zach Ertz was when he fell off the cliff. He was running around okay on on you know Sunday, Monday night football. But I don't think Lamar, I think Lamar. I'm worried this guy's figured out at this point. Uh, and I don't think Andrews I is looking all that special either. So to me, the Gronk is a very very easy guy to rank ahead of Mark Andrews. Sure, they're going to need their points. Sure, they're going to need some weapons. But Kansas City, I, I, they're a better defense, and I. I don't think Andrews is all that worth start like tight end eight. Okay, you're, you're probably starting him if you have him, but still, I think know, people are way too hard out, high on. I would start Higby over him. I'm just yeah, I, I, I thought about ranking him that way, and I might, I might still. I liked what I saw at Higby. 
All right. Hail Mary, Jared Cook against Dallas. Jared Cook sighting. Nice. Yeah. Uh, 30% owned blow up spot, maybe. It's again that game. We keep coming back to it. Dallas versus the Chargers. They're going to hit 60 something points, in my opinion. And Jared Cook saw eight targets. Donald Parham gets all this hype as the more athletic guy, but Cook did not look like he lost a step at all. He played almost every single snap and he saw all the tight end targets. Like, I'm in. I love Jared Cook. I've been high on him all preseason, and he showed exactly why without scoring a touchdown, had his, a solid nine points. And I think against Dallas, we just saw what Gronk did to this team. Like Gronk's better than Cook, the way that Gronk looked at least, but Cook could easily find the end zone this week. Stash and see. Jawan Johnson again. Last he's now week. up to 30% owned, right? You know, we've got a larger percent owning the guy, but he's still worth the risk, you're saying. Yeah, he was 10% owned when we recommended last week. I think he should keep climbing until he's over half percent owned now. He only saw three targets. That's kind of scary. Uh, Troutman saw more targets, played more snaps. I get all that narrative. But when you score two touchdowns on your three targets, and like a lot of people, oh, that's a fluke. You can't chase the touchdowns. But they were dialing him up. It, was, it wasn't just like Winston was looking at a broken play. It was fades to this guy. And this goes with what Nick Underhill was saying. This guy is dominating. He's going to play the receiving tight end. And, and Troutman, he ran more routes. He saw more targets. Well, Troutman finished for three for fucking 19 on yeah, all these Three for 19, targets. folks. Like that, uh, I, there's like, yeah, I like to chase volume and, and follow those narratives. And then I also like to see fucking production. And Jawan Johnson's the one that's actually producing here. So I like to watch him again. He's got wide receiver tight end eligibility. And if he continues to outproduce Troutman like this, there's a there's a chance that snap and routes and all that flips on the, the, the dime because it's not like Troutman's look, looking this great that he has to hold the stranglehold. Jawan Johnson looks better. I think eventually that, that flips. And I want to keep holding this guy and see when that happens for sure. Yeah, but for those of you in in a, a snap count league, Tra- Troutman's your man. Oh, he's great. Yeah, great great snap count league guy. <laughs> I wonder if that's a thing. Um, right? I know there's such thing as a bad quarterback league. That's intriguing also. Yeah. M- must watch, Gronk, Andrews, all intriguing. But can Noah Font already a huge role last week uh, elevate his game without Judy? And can we see a Tanyan rebound? I'll tell you about Noah Font. I like him. I really like him a lot. I have he's him in great. our dynasty league. And, you know, although I really am bummed about what happened to Jerry Judy, it's probably only going to help Font's protection. Yeah, I think Noah is going to have a big day. It's just similar to the wide receivers. How does this target share go? He's right around 20% target share last week. I think that's going to be intriguing to watch. As we mentioned, does Gronk still look as dynamite? Does Andrews still look as shitty? Both important, but also the Packers. Again, Packers, Packers, Packers. Are they going to rebound? Uh, and that, that wraps it up. We have 54 questions. So <laughs> we need to hit that mailbag. We're sorry that we were all, all like, oh, man, nobody's here. I That's all of it. It's 820. We got through them all, Truth. We made it through a great mailbag, even though we had a slow start because they didn't get notifications. Love that everybody still turned out. You guys still found us. You knew my musk of uh, what was it? What was it that first? Or Spoiled milk, milk was part of it. Smoiled milk and like rotten balls or something of that nature. Something disgusting. Uh, But I'm glad you guys were here. It was a blast. Thank you guys so much. Best of luck in everything you need. Um, And in a world full of fantasy sheep, guys, be the wolf. Used to have it all, but now's our curtain call. So hold for the applause. Oh, 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 oh. And wave out to the crowd and take our final bow. Oh, it's our time to go. But at least we stole the show 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 Straight ahead Definitely
Old-fashioned football right there, folks.